Hey, my friends, welcome to the Wilds Cast. Um, I just finished a uh, a difficult but really important conversation with such a lovely young woman from Israel, Maya Parizar. She is a survivor of the Supernova rave concert on October 7th. And uh, she took us through moment by moment what happened to her and her friends and what they experienced, what they witnessed. This is extremely important to hear and to share. I can't believe we live in a day and age where something so recent and so explicit, recorded by our enemy, Hamas, could be denied by people. There's no denying what you're about to hear. This all happened. This took place. And it's important for people to spread around. Maya is a very intelligent, got her act together, computer science person, which has almost nothing to do with the discussion, but she's a very sort of detailed individual and took us from point to point, incredibly important for us to be aware. And we also spent some time because she's quite intelligent. I picked her brain a little based on, you know, she's believes in love and in peace, which is what that concert was all about, but also very much believes that any jihadist needs to be taken out of commission. And how is Israel supposed to proceed forward? Please, God, the IDF will remove Hamas from operation. But what's the next step? What happens to the Gaza Strip? Who governs the Gaza Strip to ensure that something like this does not happen again and that innocent Palestinians who may be living there can actually have some kind of life? And in my opinion, more importantly, that Israel never gets attacked again from that part of the world. Take a listen, listen into what Maya has to say about that as well. It's very interesting. And the other thing we discuss, which is very important, is why do so many young people today not believe the truth? Why are so many young individuals going to Harvard, Princeton, and Yale so uneducated about all the attempts that Israel has tried to make for peace? Why do over 50% of 18 to 24-year-olds in the United States believe that somehow the October 7th attack was justified? How could that be? How could we have raised such an ignorant generation? And what could be done to change it? Please, God, for the next one. Take a listen. Okay, welcome to the Wildscast. And uh, I want to thank my guest, uh, Maya Parizar. Did I, did I pronounce that correctly, Maya? Yes. <laughs> kaha, kaha. We'll, we'll, we'll stay with Maya. <laughs> okay. Uh, nobody gets my last name right either. Um, I just want to thank you for for joining. Um, it's, it takes somebody, I think, very brave to be able to to share um, what you experienced on October 7th, uh, surviving uh, the rave. Um, but before we get into that, just tell us a little about your background. Who are you? Okay. <laughs> So I'm Maya, I'm 27 years old. I recently graduated. Uh, I got my bachelor, my first degree in computer science from the University of Ben Gurion in Beersheba. Um, I'm working right now as a research security engineer at Cisco. Um, I'm an American Israeli girl. Um, I was born in Israel, lived almost my entire life, but I, I spent a year when I was a little girl in Cupertino in California. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also a citizen. And nice. yeah, um, I went to the Supernova Festival on October 7th, not knowing that this event had, will change my life forever. And now I'm here because apparently the world thinks it's justified or that it's fake. Um, and I'm here to say that it's real, unfortunately. So tell us, um, so again, thank you for for speaking out and for sharing this. Uh, tell everyone who's listening, um, all of us, just what, what, what did you experience that day, if you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah. So if, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the Nova Festival before, but it's an electronic music festival that mm -hmm. uh, plays trans music. It's one of the most bigger, biggest festivals in Israel. And people from all over the world come also to join in dance. Like the trans electronic uh, raves are very, very famous, very uh, trendy. A lot of people just like to go and dance there because 
unlike you know other sorts of of parties in music you can actually be yourself you can no one's going to judge the way you dance the way you are a lot of people with disabilities uh came to this festival because they really enjoy this music but it's really just about peace and and love and i want to say this because it has to be said that the people that went to this party are people that go for advocate peace they did not know that they will be the first to to be in this horrible attack on this massacre on our people and really everyone was really looking forward to this party including mm-hmm. myself we bought the pre tickets 6 months ago um mm-hmm. and because it was on sale because we already went to a nova festival and we loved it so much and that nova festival wasn't even in a risky you know area in israel it was it's called chavad gmalim it's in the south mm-hmm. uh, near mitzperamon and you only get the location of the dance party because of security reasons and whatever and on the same day so when they told us it's going to be near the gaza envelope it was just as surprising for us as it for you and because it was a legitimate party and because it was cleared by security none of us really uh were afraid by coming there many people that maybe have a weapon license or whatever you know didn't bring them to this party because it's not responsible and really we just went there to have the best time to meet new people to enjoy one another mm-hmm. and what we unfortunately didn't get to to have fun in this party and 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 before you continue maya was yeah. was um when you say that the party was about sort of peace and love was it is it specifically just just in general like you know music um here in the united states you know in the 60s a lot of the rock and roll concerts were about peace and love was it about peace and love between palestinians and jews or just in general just being in open. general between mm-hmm. people it doesn't matter who you are how old are you what is your status what how many friends you came with like all this stuff that usually you know going to a club it's more about your status it's more about how you look how you appear like when you go to this kind of festivals you really put this aside and you really just get to know people for what they are not by what they appear to society as it wasn't specifically about the the joinings of uh, Israel and Palestine but it 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 could have been like it's it's really just to celebrate you as a person and and basically what happened was it starts around 12 in the night and it wraps around 17 hours later in the afternoon like maybe 4 or 5 p.m. but instead of uh, and and the best time before we continue i have to say that the best time is the sunrise because I don't know if you've ever been to a music festival yourself when it's like the lights is changing and the sun is coming and it it really changes the whole atmosphere of the party and really everyone was really really looking forward to the sunrise the best DJ place there everyone like you have to go there it doesn't matter you know if you come at 12 at 1 2 3 at 6 like everyone is there dancing and we only had maybe 15 minutes of dancing in the sunrise when the rockets and missiles began to appear in the sky the situation in israel is is for some reason it's been normalized the fact that we have launches from the gaza strip or from the lebanon area where you need to stop everything you're doing and just run for a shelter or a safe room or just be in open space if you can't reach either in it can be in 10 seconds or it can be in a minute it depends on how close you are to the borders and it's really just a crazy situation that everyone thinks that it's okay to begin with. Um, in, in, I don't. I don't think in any other country in the world um, they can just be okay with twenty or thirty missiles. Can be even two hundred or, or one thousand missiles and rockets in a single day. But in Israel, apparently, it's it's easier to look in and say it's okay, even though it's mainly targeted for innocents. And, and so, what and happened then, when the ro- when the rockets started coming in? You're saying because people got yeah, used, so to, people usually used to usually it lasts like five or so. Usually, it lasts five or ten minutes, and then everything is back to normal. Like you can right. be taking a, you know, I don't know, get married. You can be in a funeral. You can take a major exam. The the sirens go on. We call them Sevadom. You just stop. You just run. 
10 minutes later, you come out of the shelter, everything's okay until the next time. But this time it was different. This time it didn't finish. Not after five, not after 10 minutes, not after an hour. It lasted four hours. It just didn't stop. And you could, you could see it in the sky. I, I saw it and I got into a panic attack, like an anxiety attack. I've never had them before. I mm -hmm. can only say after mm -hmm. talking to some therapists that I was experiencing that. But I just felt trapped. Like I, there's nothing I can do to save myself because you can see it, it looked to me as thousands of them were in the sky. And where and did you go? Where, where Was there a place? So for you I was to... I was at that point. I just went with my fiance, Ron, to just get a refill on our drinks. Mm -hmm. And so we were next to our stuff. You have the dance area and you have the camping area because you bring tents, you bring carpets, right. you bring chairs mm -hmm. like you're set up for a camping sort of right and we were at that at that moment when it all started we were back in our camp so we just took coverage there i just had to cover my my head and i was just laying low just waiting for it to be over but it wasn't so there's no, then there's, no there, there's there's no bomb shelter no mod or anything like that people are just no going down we're on the floor open, and just yeah trying it's to just get the ground right. yeah and then it was announced from the party, from the dance area, that the party is not going to reopen and that it's closed and everyone needs to go. But a lot of the people like us were confused because more than 3,000 of people came to this uh, space, like to this open space and, you know, do the math, like not all cars can exit at the same time and there's going to be a, a traffic there. And it's not safe when the sirens go on to stay, to remain in the car. So a lot of people like us at first thought, let's stay, let's stay it out at least until, you know, it's, it clears up a bit. Mm -hmm. And that decision saved us because the terrorists were already at the roads coming to this party when the launches and, and the rockets and missiles began to appear. So really the first people that left saw the terrorists and most of them are not with us. But we just stayed there for 20 more minutes until someone from the security of the party came close to where we were, just saying to us, you have to leave right now. This is dangerous. Just just go. He didn't say anything about terrorists at the time. So our main concern was the fact that there are nonstop missiles and rockets in the air and iron drone, you know, can take them all down. So in, in my mind, like some of them are going to fall here because it's better, it's likely to fall in open space than in a village. Like most of the focus will be to protect the kibbutzes, to protect the cities. So in my mind, like I'm, I'm going to die. And then when he told us to go, we looked into each other, me, my fiance and the two friends that took a ride with us in our car. And we just decided we're going to leave. But even then, we did not feel as threatened because we took the time to pack all of our stuff. We didn't mm -hmm. see the terrorists. We had no idea that they are coming to get us. And we took maybe five, six more minutes just to put everything back and then walk to the car, say goodbye to another couple of friends who went to find their cars. And we just got lucky because we parked very, very closely to the main entrance of the party. So within seconds, we were on the main road. This is a luxury because a lot of my friends didn't have this opportunity because already so many cars were there some of them were just shot at and left the car so really it was just a matter of minutes minutes that saved our lives and we were in the junction you we can either take a right turn like he told us to or a left turn we looked up ways we saw the fastest way is to take a left turn and i remembered he said don't use route number four and we didn't see route number four on the plan like i looked in the in the way but it, it was way faster so we said let's do it and we didn't know that this road was just leading us alongside of the Gaza envelopes. So really, you know, oh my gosh. what is this situation? But weren't you, and, and, but when you... And we were, you know, we were drunk. So, like, it's it's very hard to make decisions or to even sober up. But my, my mm -hmm. fiancé, who was riding in, in, within seconds, he was already, you know, on this mission to get us out of there. Uh, but we were very confused. And this will maybe explain as to what's happening next on our ride. We're just driving in this car. Wait, before and, 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 and Maya, before you go on, so yeah, but but you already experienced some sort of um, anxiety or some some anxiety attack or a panic attack. You yeah, said already from just the rockets that were coming in. Yeah, yeah, right. So then, but but you were able to still get your stuff, get into the car. No, I didn't. I was just standing. My fiance and the other guy they were packing. I was completely uh, shocked. You were just yeah. in shock. 
I was uh -huh. crying. I was scared. I just wanted to go or like, I just wanted to, to be, to feel safe. Right. But they, they, we decided to go and then they just packed, like they took a couple of minutes, but they packed everything, Ron and the mm -hmm. other guy. And we just made it to the car because it was parked very closely. Right. So, okay. I'm sorry to cut you off. So then you were driving, you started yeah, to drive. Yeah, so we're driving and alongside the ride, we're seeing a lot of abandoned cars in the, in the sides of the roads. And then later on, onto the main, the road itself. And we just, you know, it was, it was weird, you know why would so many cars just just be abandoned but then we said like they may have just ran to get a shelter they may have just you know left the car mm -hmm. because of the sirens and we just right. kept driving maybe if we weren't so drunk we would maybe stop and be more curious but we were very confused very scared we just continued riding even though later on we're gonna we are seeing cars you turning and you know when you see one car you turns it will maybe probably be because they got the direction wrong. They decided to change or whatever. Right. But when you see a lot of cars, you're turning right after another. I think most people would either stop and ask them, like, what's going on? Or even just make a decision, like, let's you turn ourselves. <laughs> but we we just kept on driving. Ron was driving. Just We just um, waited for them to U-turn or cut them from the right of the road. We just passed them on. And we were saying, like, in the car, like, that's strange. But we just kept on driving, um, and then and why were the, and why were the, why were the cars you turning? Uh, because of the terrorists. The terrorists were already on. This is road two three two. The mm -hmm. terrorists are already on this road. The mm -hmm. only way, the only reason we were able to continue driving is because the terrorists were already busy uh -huh. shooting and killing people that were in the cars before us, or even you know at us but we didn't see we didn't see it so they could have just made a shot and we didn't understand it we put music you know in our car at first we didn't we didn't suspect anything was wrong but when we we're seeing the cars turning we're just passing them and continuing so maybe at that point also we were shot at and we just didn't understand and then wow. we're just continuing to ride and we're passing kibbutzberry mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. which was you know yeah. Uh, ruined many, many burns many of the people including some family members of mine were butchered and and burned alive to to death thank you it was my dad's cousin ayana oh. godai oh. she was hiding in the bush and just telling her kid and grandkids what to do and she saw the terrorists just lighting up the house and she told her daughter to just pee on the blanket and put it underneath the door so it can block the, the smoke from entering the safe room oh my so gosh. they can stay there and luckily i can say that the rest of her family is alive except for her and her husband um we were only able to give them proper funeral 23 days after october 7th and it took five days to find a yellow uh, remaining body uh, from the bushes uh, but because of their condition they couldn't they couldn't have a proper funeral before. And really, this is... I'm so sorry. Uh, thank you. And then we continued riding, and we were passing the next Kibbutz Alumim, which had massive fights with the terrorists for days after October 7th. And somewhere between that and the next Kibbutz, Kibbutz Saad, we are seeing on the main of the road someone injured, many, many blood, many, many uh, bullets, injuries around him. At the beginning, we thought he was already dead, but then we, when we looked at the camera, we saw his leg like beginning right. to fall as we're uh, coming closer. So we were able to understand that really it, it, the shooting was very recent. But when we passed him, we thought because of the road was so chaotic, it, many cars were all around and, and Ron had to really navigate we assumed because there was a shelter close by that maybe he took a run to the shelter and was killed mm -hmm. from the mm -hmm. cars. <clears throat> but even then, my reaction was to call the police, which didn't answer for many calls. You did. Then, been, sorry, you, you were you were calling the police this whole time. They they didn't answer. Yeah, yeah and, and as soon as I saw him dead, I started to call the police. They didn't answer. At the beginning, I called them maybe eight or nine times, and then. At some point, after a few seconds, we started hearing gunshots for the first time. We're not even sure at this moment if it's aimed at us. How, how long had you been driving now? You've been driving? I think some... maybe 10 minutes. 
10 we're, minutes. We're and... really going along the, the, you can see it afterwards in the map. We're starting a little bit, like it's called a park Reim, like Reim mm -hmm. Park. Mm -hmm. We're This is where the party, and then we're taking a left turn and we're just passing. We're driving a lot of kilometers, but just along the Gaza envelope. We didn't understand it that taking the left turn would just mean following the Gaza envelope. We just thought it's the fastest way. But then we are reaching um, after 10 minutes or so um, when this person, we saw him dead and we were starting getting uh, shot at. At the beginning, we didn't even think he was aiming at us. We just thought there's shooting and Ron just pulled the gas and we just went forward. But looking back, we could see that the terrorists are actually waiting in front of us. So by pulling the gas, not you turning like everyone else, we're really driving to their hands. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, they missed us. So we were able to dodge and continue. Where were you? You were sitting in the front or in the back? I was I was in the front seat. Ron was driving and a couple was behind us, Gal and Ariel. And none of the bullets hit your car? None of the bullets hit the car, thank God. And we just were able to continue driving. But even then, we had no idea that more terrorists are in the road. We just thought it was maybe a car of, of terrorists or maybe a few of them. We didn't understand... Right. More than 2,000 of them have entered Israel, and they don't care what is our religion, what is our political mm -hmm. view, how older we are, did we do the army, what do we think right. about the situation? They didn't care. It wasn't a move of resistance, because resistance would be to, to kill down and to, to arrest everyone who is against you. But they didn't right. even ask. And they didn't, even, they didn't kill us. I would be uh, giving them a, a favor if I just said they killed us. Right. Because they cut body parts, they raped people, they abused them, they put babies in ovens, they beheaded. The the people that had to see and collect the bodies and, and to analyze them are, are now, most of them are in therapy and admitted because they really, yeah, what, they saw, what they saw, what they did to us is, is just unimaginable. But really, uh, we were just lucky that we didn't understand the situation when we were on it. And at some point, maybe five minutes later, we're passing the next kibbutz, kibbutz Saad. Mm -hmm. And then we're continuing to drive and we're seeing some Israeli uh, just in the cross between the old gate of, of Saad and the Far Aza. Mm -hmm. We're seeing Israeli civilian with a gun, just ordinary clothing just putting cones on the road to block maybe cars from future so they don't continue riding because the next kibbutzes are, I think, near near Oz or Nachal Oz, and then uh, it's the road. So basically, there's no way to escape. And we just... And he was, and he was, and putting, he just, he, and he was putting cones there to cones. prevent cars. So, people, so cars cannot continue ride, so they won't reach, very, uh, reach the road right. to help people. And right. when we so, see, when he saw us, he just signals us, us to stop. And just and then we noticed many cars just in the main road, just just parking there, just abandoned. And he just told us, just do the same, just stop your car and just run, run inside this kibbutz. And we just did it without knowing that this kibbutz was the only kibbutz in the area that wasn't infiltrated. We just he, obviously he knew that whoever this person was. Did you ever get his name? Who that that man was? Uh, no, but I sent them a video after I, I saw them, and unfortunately, in a funeral, because I will continue to tell you later, but yeah. you will understand why. Um, so really, what happened was when we ran in, it was four of us. We saw that Ron is missing, and my fiance. And when I looked back, I saw him talking to the first responders close to the gate. And I started yelling to him, Ron, come here. What are you doing? I was too scared to come because we're hearing, you know, Tseva Dom alerts. We're hearing shootings a little bit. Like we're starting to sense that we're in a in a combat zone. And he's just there in the front line. And then he came to us saying, I saw one of the first responders. He was already hurt from from bullets, which means really before we came, there was, you know, fire bullets like uh, there was a, a war between, yeah, between the first responders and the terrorists. And then we just went into the kibbutz. At first, we just went to a public shelter. And the public shelters in Israel, they don't have any doors. They, they're just concrete walls. And 
some of them in the kibbutzes, some of them are just in the main roads. It really depends. But this this one didn't have like they they don't have doors. So in my mind, it's like, what what is it gonna help me with? Like the terrorists are coming. You believed whoever this gentleman was that it, the safest thing for you would be to get out of the car. And, and go to, to run this, and, and run, to run into to this, the kibbutz into this kibbutz and find a safe house or something in the kibbutz. Yeah, okay. because we understood that going by car is is not an option anymore, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's just about survival until someone comes for us. We we didn't know it will take hours for IDF and the police and for everyone to come to the area. We had no idea that it will so, take so long for so you for stayed in this you stayed in this kibbutz until somebody came so, eventually. so no um uh, he decided i called my parents to say goodbye because at that point i i started to understand that there is a chance that i'm not going to return and after doing so i decided that i need to up, upgrade my chances of leaving and just just went through whatsapp groups and find to find someone, some family with a safe room inside their home, which is another layer inside, and it has a door, uh, so we can have better chances. And I found a family that only lives three minutes from us, and we went to their home, to their safe room, and we all of you, you were you were with your yeah, fiance, we were four. And the, two, four, the four of you yes. all went together. Okay, we just we just ran there, we just took shelter. They were amazing. Uh, her name is Chemi Fish. She's an amazing woman. She just calmed me throughout the day, me and Ariel, the other girl. Uh, she was apparently lying for us just to reassure us that the army is already here. And only later we understood that she was just saying that so we would feel more safe because we really felt like... And, and how come this kibbutz, just, was, how come this kibbutz was not attacked? So there's not a proper investigation yet because of the war. But a lot of people are saying because it wasn't the first kibbutz that was infiltrated when they woke up in the in the sirens, their uh, first responders were doing a, a good job. They were already in the borders. And when they tried to enter, they, they were just shot at. So they just continued the terrorists. Like this is what they are saying now. But after the war, we'll definitely have a, a more, more insight as, as to why this kibbutz was the only one that was safe. We had no idea. Was it, uh, really, was, it, was it was it a religious kibbutz? Yeah, it was, uh, but it's also built like in a way that there's like a like some sort of a pit like around it, so it's mm -hmm. easy, it's like it's harder to enter. To enter. So there are many speculations. Right. I think like after the war, some we some, some of us heard here. I have no idea if it's true that that some of the the kibbutzes that were where you had Shomer Shabbat. Jewish people that they keep them closed on Shabbat and therefore the the terrorists couldn't get into those kibbutzim. I've no idea if that's true or not. Well, you know, but, well, the terrorists came with RPGs. They came they, if they right. if they yeah. wanted to get in, they could get in. Right. Yeah, I think it really was a matter of of seconds of decision when they saw some fires and they decided to just move on. I I don't. But even it wasn't. Know. But the kibbutz was open for you to come in. It wasn't like closed. Uh, you had you didn't have to it, jump over a fence or anything. Uh, no, no, it was closed. It was open like the main the the gate. You know because the first responders were already there. But I know that all some kibbutzes keep their gates open all the time. And but this kibbutz, you know, was closed, uh, so cars won't get in because of Shabbat. Maybe it has it had some help. I don't know. But I believe it wasn't just because it was Shomer Shabbat, because they they entered, you know, safe rooms of concrete walls. If they wanted to breach, you know, this this uh, gate, they, they could have. I think it's really just luck. Yeah. And just the fact that the first responders were really able to to assemble. It's it's a luxury not all kibbutzes received because some kibbutzes were the first ones who notified but as we were there, we started to understand the severity of what's happening because from all the kibbutzes around, people are, are crying for help, crying for saying people are dying, that they hear the shootings outside. And then I think at that point, we started to understand that it's just a matter of time before they come to this kibbutz because all of the kibbutzes around us are pretty much infiltrated. And we started checking up on our friends. It was maybe 8 or 8.15 or something. And not all of our friends responded. Also, the family that took us in, the fish family, uh, they were with their neighbors, the writers and readers. And I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but their kids went to do the Simchat Torah in Kibbutz Beri with their friends. 
and he, uh, for days he's he's we didn't know what happens with him but we learned that he he died that day and i went to a funeral because i spent they they were right. with like you feel they saved you, feel you. Like they saved like you. a new family yeah it right. was the least so, uh, so this yeah. was their this was their son and their son was in kibbutz be'eri yeah, doing the for, Simchat Torah. For Simchat Torah, and he was he was killed there. Yeah, but not killed, butchered. How old and was he? How old was he? Yeah. Uh, I think I think nineteen, but I'm not sure. Uh, I think nineteen. Are you still in touch with the fish family? Yeah, with with yeah, with the fish family, yes. So, so how much, how long did you spend with them? How long were you in their shelter with them? Twenty-four hours. We were only twenty-four able to hours. Oh we were God. only able to leave the next morning on 7, 7 a.m. But not all of my friends survived. I have some friends in Gaza, uh, some who were released, but some who are not released yet. And their future is really much not known. And they just went to rave. They just went to to a festival rave. It could have easily been a Zura festival in Europe or Coachella yeah. in the United yeah. States. Yeah. We did nothing wrong to deserve it, um, but the world, the yeah. The, the fact that you, Maya, have to even say that, that you did nothing wrong to deserve it is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, yeah. unfortunately. It's very hard, you know. Um, my wife just went to, we live in New York, and my wife just went to the United Nations this morning. There was a, a Me Too you heard of that expression, the Me Too. Me Too, except for Jews, except, because except it took Jews. them two months to really even allow allegations. Like, it's not even, they're not even condemning Hamas yet. Like, no. no, the United Nations there, is, there is proof. terrible. There, there is proof, unfortunately. Proof of the rapings, of the cuttings of body parts, of intimate body parts, of everything. But yet, the world, for some reason, is very hard when it comes to supporting the jewish people but very light on the on the trigger i don't know if you say this in in this phrase in english when it comes to accusing the jews of, of hurting palestinians yeah. you can see this within seconds apparently the whole world knows 500 were killed in the mm -hmm. hospital bombings right but how, how which, many which by the way wasn't true of course it wasn't 500 and it wasn't from israel it was right. from the jihad and i think around 80 people were killed and where are those people in the streets now condemning Hamas for not freeing for locking the Palestinians and for giving them just the worst possible life where they just take all the money destined for the economy and the prosperation and take it to themselves so they can get more rich and fill fill their the kids in the new generation with more hate. And so far it's working for them because we can see that so many kids entered in the videos. You can see that many civilians entered Israel. All of them are terrorists because all of them are growing on hate and, and something has to change. I'm just scared for my future because, you know, it's 2014, we had a war in Gaza and everyone said like this was the worst possible war and, and nothing right. could. I remember, I remember. Nothing could be worse than that, but. Right. Like you know this was this clearly was and i'm scared to think to st stick around and wait for 2032 like something are, has to change yeah are you in favor of um of israel completely taking out hamas uh yes i they, they have to be eradicated yeah. hamas and and every person that supports terror should be should be arrested, should be killed, should be eradicated. Yeah. Basically, terror threats cannot cannot continue to be part of our our lives. Just like we uh, all agree that all of ISIS um, terrorists should be wiped from the map, and Al Qaeda terrorists should be wiped off the map. Also, Hamas should 100%. be wiped off the map. But what, what? Let me ask you a question, Maya. I I, I understand it's upsetting and it's terribly disappointing that we have people in the world that want to see Jews dead. Uh, I understand that I'm a student of Jewish history. I've been studying Jewish history. You, you, you're you, obviously very educated. Why do you think that the rest of the world, not Hamas, not Hezbollah, 
But why do you think people in the United Nations or other people in the West are denying that this happened or worse, saying it did happen, but somehow Israel had it coming? Like October 7th was somehow justified. I think, I think the world for years, Israel has neglected. You know, there are two current wars. There is the war that is physical and that there is the world war who is um, dip diplomatic. And Israel wasn't was never good at ex explanatory. You can see that throughout the years um, that even, you know, the Holocaust days happened, but everyone was has ever been has always been quick when it comes to hating Jews and hating Israel. Anti-Semitism is not just is recent. It's it's been happening throughout years and, and decades. And, and I think the whole world, firstly, because most of the world doesn't really know or doesn't really care about what's really going on. Not not I, I don't think the whole world is really reading, you know, about the history, about all the times that Israel said yes to making two land, two, two state solutions, and to every single time that Palestinian slash Hamas theory slash um, Palestinian Authority said no and Hezbollah and whatsoever. So really, I think the, the first reason is ignorance because why bother to open, you know, an article and, and read something when, you know, my rapper or my um, my favorite singer or whatever just, you know, feeds me this information. This this model, uh, Gigi Hadid, just, just tells me all that's going on. So, so this, you know, this is, I think, not just the problem of, of the Jewish people. I think this is the problem of the next generation in studying where, you know, it's so easy these days to just spread fake media and just go with it because the generation of today, I'm afraid, is very quick on on spreading because the, the knowledge comes, you know, within seconds through social media, through TikTok. You can just say, you know, Israel versus Palestine on TikTok and, and you can see someone just explaining and they can appear to you as very much educated. But honestly, it's not. It's not verified. It, no one signs that this is, you know, collaborated truth. And this is, I think, the problem that it's just we, we, we're seeing it now in this war. But I think it will continue to be with us unless, you know, Unless we stop getting our okay, news yeah. from TikTok. Yeah, and I don't think, you know, the whole world is anti-Semitism. I think there are many anti-Semitisms, anti-Semitics. You can, you know, it's always been like this. You know, the Jewish people have always had to endure anti-Semitism. Yeah. But I think that the, the whole reason people are now very against us, because it's trendy, you know. Yeah. So how do you make it? So Maya, let me ask you, you're, you're 27, you're in this generation. How do you make getting the real information trendy, like all the times that Israel offered peace to its Palestinian neighbors and all the times that they responded to that with rockets? Yeah, I think, first of all, Israel, the country of Israel needs to understand that this war means a lot, I think, to, to my eyes, even more than the physical one, because the physical can always happen. But once, you know, the diplomacy, the war of explanatory is 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 there, is, we win it, you know, it's easier on the physical as well because everyone is supporting us so i think israel the government needs to understand that as much as it's important to put our emphasis on on the army and idf we also need to put a lot of emphasis on on the idf of 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 the world like the virtual idf or whatever start start an army that right now is being led by people like me who survived the attack and are just speaking our stories because who can tell me it didn't happen you know i was there and also a lot of influencers in Israel, like Lanit Greenberg, like Noah Tishbi, like Yosef Haddad, like all these people who are just now doing uh, this uh, explanatory 24-7 and not doing their usual, I don't know, influential stuff. And I think the moment Israel understands that this is important as well, if not more, and starts putting resources and uh, out there, doing you know uh, questionnaires, doing events, uh, doing uh, promoting Instagram accounts, promoting TikTok accounts, promoting Facebook accounts, making these apps of 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 explanatory. Like the moment we start really getting involved in explanatory, I don't think there will be one one person who can say. Can look me in the eyes and say you know october 7th was a resistance because it really wasn't you know i i'm putting aside the war that is happening right now i 
I feel bad for both sides, but you have to remember that you know there could have we could have not been in this war if the cat if, if the hostages were returned and the ceasefire of October six was continuing. So I, I'm sorry to say that right now I I I don't feel as much a, a sympathetic and empathetic as they used to feel for the Palestinians because they cannot be the, the poor guys when they're holding babies and kids and mothers and, and, and sons. And if they want to end this war right now, all they need to do is just bring them back and take well, account. That, I mean, that's Hamas. Do you think that the Palestinian people, because that's what's happening here in America. You can see, you know, I you, you can see in the videos that they posted in, in Telegram channels called Gaza Now and all sorts of them. Gaza Now is the one I know and I saw that the people who entered the land of Israel weren't all Hamas members. You mm -hmm. can see that because you can understand that the Hamas terrorists were wearing uniforms. They were bringing maps. They were bringing information. But also you can see a lot of civilians, like kids, like elderly with crutches, crossing to Israel, ransoming some, some equipment, some money, going back to the border. You can see it in, a, in, in what they posted. So for me, if I just blame it all on the Hamas, I will just let the, the terror continue to grow because there is a problem with the ideology of the, of these people. Mm -hmm. Not all of them. I don't I don't believe in my heart that every Palestinian, you know, wishes for death and wishes for to be a martyr. I think that's how you say it. We say Shahid, just to mm -hmm. go in and, and, yeah, and martyr, kill themselves and, and, yeah. and bomb in, uh, so we can both move to the sky or whatever. I don't mm -hmm. think that every single person there wants it. But the moment that I saw in the videos, that civilians have entered as well with the same hate, right. then it hit right. me that there's not a quick solution to this. We cannot just, you know, take out Hamas and give them a, a, a prime minister. It will not change. There needs to be a long-term solution where the countries of the world decide to stay in Gaza, here in the border, and just force the peace so generations can pass by. Right. And then suddenly right. there will be a generation without parents who are maritors who bomb right. themselves and and they will maybe grow to to just prosper to be a startup so so you think a hundred percent i mean th there's no you're what you're saying is just it's so simple but it's so true which is that if if we don't develop a new generation of kids of palestinian children who don't hate jews they you know so the question is how do you do that who who do you think in your opinion should be then controlling gaza Bezrat Hashem. The, the, uh, the IDF will take them out. Right? I think that right now, the fact that the world thinks and is mad at Israel for not bringing fuel to our enemies, like, that's crazy. Like, I have of to course. say, like, has everyone expected Russia to bring uh, aid for Ukraine? Like, no. No one said to Russia, hey, you bombed, now you have to bring. Like, no one expected that. So why is everyone expecting that from Israel? Like, this is a question that I just can't understand. Where is Egypt? Where is Jordan? Jordan has Palestinians. Unbelievable. unbelievable. Egypt is Palestinians. How come one single country of Muslims is not saying, let me take some innocence, because some they don't refugees, care. just, because they, just because... take them for now? Yeah, they not, don't care. Not a, single, not a single Muslim country, but then the whole world is mad for Israel, at Israel for not letting water to our enemies who kidnapped us and slaughtered us. And I think, you know, it cannot be the solution to just Israel versus Palestine. It has to be, I don't know, maybe form a, an army from all the countries of the world and just mm -hmm. put it there, just in the border, enforce peace for generations, for hundreds right. of years. So, so at one point there will be a kid born into the world, and it will not have ancestors who who just went were just worshiping death, who are worshiping committing yeah. suicide. Because you need that in the because you, you know Maya, you need that in the in Yehuda v'Shomron. You need that in the West Bank too, because you don't yes, you, the kids the kids are being raised in the same way. And yes, to put, of course. You know because the United States is going to end up pressuring Israel to to put. The Gaza Strip under the Palestinian Authority, under under Fatah, under Abbas, and that's just going to be a, more of the same, unfortunately. Yes, and it's not a solution. In my eyes, it's not a solution to just put the blockade back again and just say, you know, let the same people deal with it. Because these people right now are filled with hate. We can see it. We can see in the videos. It will not help if we just take out the Hamas. They will just grow new heads and they will call themselves blah, blah. Right. And they will just continue right. because they're filled with hate. Something needs to change. Something needs to change with their ideology. 
just like you know japan after world war ii it was changed you yeah. know we have to look at we germany have to believe that look, the palestinians germany at, yeah after the nazis yeah. no one said you know oh let's bring you know water to the to the nazis no no but not only that what's interesting I mean, of all the European countries that has been supportive of Israel, Germany, I think, has been the best. And um, what shows, and this is inspiring and hopeful, that that you can change people's minds, but you need a generation or two or three where the parents are not martyring, as you said, Shahid, there's no such thing anymore. They're not those textbooks with hate-filled information about they Jews. They teach them at school. They teach them at school that the Jews is bad. It's just like the Nazi propaganda, except yeah. now it's it's under the Muslim propaganda. Yeah. It has to be changed. There has to be a, a, a new era, but it it will not happen tomorrow. And it cannot be the situation where Israel is, is the one who is being fought like the Hamas is fighting Israel, but then right. the Hamas also wants Israel to bring water. Like Israel shouldn't be in charge to supply uh, stuff to their enemies what needs to happen is is i think like in a, an alliance of like the world like just like the u.s was uh, was in a lot of of countries like someone needs to stay there because it cannot be you know israel versus palestine anymore it's not this it just no. doesn't work no, because Ma israel Maya, has always said yes to the compromise i um i know you're you study computer science <laughs> yeah and i know that's what you are but i think you should uh I think you should go into politics. Honestly, <laughs> I really, I think you should be. Don't active. tell it to my boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. I was you, gone you, for two months already just to speaking. Yeah. Right. Well, you have, uh, unfortunately, because of what you went through, but you also have just intellectually a very good handle on what's going on and maybe what needs to be done going forward. Um, let, let me ask you a question because, and I really, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate because everybody who's listening and watching this, is going to be able to see from someone who's sincere, who only wants peace and love, what happened to our people on October 7th and what needs to happen, how Hamas has to be taken out of commission and something needs to change in order for this never to, God forbid, happen again. Um, I I, um, I saw that there were other survivors um, who had friends that were murdered at the uh, at the Supernova at this concert. Um, and and they, they said that they're going to keep dancing for their friends that they're going to live their best lives there was one person who said i got my life back as a gift i'm not going to waste it does that resonate with you or is or are you just so upset about it like you can't even go there yet uh it's a good question um i haven't listened to music by myself since october 7th because it's it's still hard for me yeah. uh but i'm i do agree with the sentence that we have to live for them we i if I'm here, I'm, I'm, I was in some reason chosen to live because, you know, every decision making that I took could have easily been the one to lead me to the hands of the terrorists. Yeah. And you can see that from my story. And the fact that I'm here, it, it has to mean something. So I cannot just, you know, stay bitter, stay upset and continue my life with just, you know, th this feeling. I have to grow above it i have to learn how that life moves on even though now it's 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 still hard for me like i'm some days i can feel very good and then some days i can feel very empty um but i think it's a process um it will take time but i do agree with the sentence we will dance again i was yesterday at the healing place of the supernova festival which is done by volunteering really the producers of the nova have been amazing just trying to gather us up so we can have people to talk to that have been in the same experience and also offer us um, help um, with getting physical and, and emotional emotional support. And yesterday when I was there, there was a, a memorial day for Shani Gabai who, who was shot to death and on October 7th from the party. And they brought, you know, some DJs because she was really about the music. She was, uh, she loved to sing. Mm -hmm. And I, I, yeah, I agree with you, yeah. but it's going to take I, time. I want to, I want to share something with you. My, uh, my oldest son who's 26. Uh, he lives in Israel. He lives in Jerusalem and Yerushalayim. Uh, he's a musician and he has these musical meditations and he started after October 7th. 
He did some in New York because a lot of young Jewish people in New York were freaked out. We didn't see anything like you saw, and we were still like shocked. And people really need music as a very, I don't have to tell you, it's a very therapeutic kind of thing. It can help people yeah. heal. So he he does these, I'll, I'll send you, maybe we'll be in touch, but he does these musical meditations. But like, I don't know, he had 40 people last time, but sometimes they're smaller, 20, 30, sit in a circle, sing songs, some Jewish songs, some not Jewish songs, a lot of songs that he writes himself. And it really helps people through meditation to be calm and to feel a little sense of healing. So I want I want to invite you and anyone else you know that experience what you experience to to have that opportunity because it's I think it's big it's helpful for some people if you think it's helpful. Um Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I want to mention is you live in Ramat Gan, you said, right? Yeah. But that's where you're from, Ramat Gan. I I wasn't born here. My parents live a little bit from the north part of Israel. Oh, oh, very nice. Um, yeah, now I live here because it's close to work and it's the the suburbs of Tel Aviv. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, so MJE, that's the organization I run. It's in Manhattan. It's called Manhattan Jewish Experience for, for 20s and 30s. Um, and it's really to give young Jewish professionals living in Manhattan or around Manhattan a little more knowledge about their Judaism and a little more inspiration. We have big Shabbat dinners and ski retreats and spring retreats and we bring two groups to israel every summer um so we're actually moving our operation we're expanding our operation to tel aviv oh. Hashem. yeah there's a very talented couple that's been working here in manhattan with us for the last four years uh rabbi kevin and allison wolf and they're making aliyah and they're moving to tel aviv and we're going to be doing expanding programming there so i'd love to invite you and anyone else um, yeah, to, to participate 100%. But um, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Um, I think it's crazy and ridiculous that you we have to have an eyewitness like you in order for people to believe it. But this is this is the crazy. This is the crazy thing. I'm, you know, I'm a generation older than you now. and I'm, But I'm looking to you to change the social media paradigm. <laughs> so that people can know how much Israel has tried for peace and how necessary it is right now for Hamas and any jihadist to be taken out of commission in order for there to be peace. Um, and uh, I, I hope you will do that. I know you're in computer science, so maybe you'll figure out something within that <laughs> world <laughs> to, to figure out a way for people to get news a little differently, a little more thoroughly, a little more comprehensively. And to keep teaching and to keep going on people's podcasts and news television. I know you've been on a lot. I know you spoke when you were in New York, uh, when you, I think you spoke in Chicago and um, yeah. you, you should just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep telling your boss, you're doing Hashem's work. <laughs> you are doing Hashem's work and, and Hashem, God should bless you and your whole family with just continued safety and, and blessing. And I, I'm so sorry for all the friends and other people that you know who were either taken hostage or who were killed by Hamas, their neshamot, their soul should have an aliyah, should have a, have an elevation from everything that you're trying to do um, to, to bring light to this situation. Hashem should bless them and their soul should be elevated and you should only have good things for you and your family, Maya, to come. Thank you.